Have you ever been standing in line at the grocery store and you just can't help but read the magazine gossip? Maybe you're amused by the latest hookups and breakups and pregnancies and sex scandals. Maybe you can identify a little bit with the pains and the passions that are plastered up there for all the world to see. Or maybe still there's just something inside each one of us that's intrigued by the erotic. The thing is, we don't talk about the erotic all that much at religious functions. But the Bible, as it turns out, is actually not nearly as hush-hush on the subject as we can be. In fact, we have this whole poem devoted entirely to sex, right smack in the middle of the Bible. In the second chapter of Song of Solomon, these two lovers are having a back and forth with one another, and they're half talking in code, it seems. But really, it's not that coded. I would say it's, it's fairly obvious that they're not just discussing the weather. The truth is, whether you want to admit it or not, they're, not, they're actually planning the time and the place where they're going, well, where they're going to do it. In this poem, we're overhearing a private conversation between two starstruck individuals hopped up on pheromones and pent up sexual energy. And while it's incredibly awkward to be eavesdropping on such a passionate discourse, for some reason, we just can't stop listening. Because after all, we're intrigued by the erotic. But why? Why are we so drawn to it? Well, I think it's because we were each created for intimacy, not the twisted, animalistic, greedy kind of intimacy that inevitably leads to us feeling broken and used, but the real kind. Scripture seems to indicate that the whole reason God created people in the first place is for relationship not surface, superficial, shallow stuff, but the deep, connected relationships from human to human, from human to divine. So I kind of think sexual intimacy is really meant to, to be symbolic of what deep re relationship really ought to be. You see, in the Garden of Eden, while the world was still perfect and there was no sin, people just walked around naked. It seems that there was nothing to hide. But then sin came on the scene and interrupted the relationship between God and humans. And now all of a sudden, Adam and Eve are walking around in fig leaves and animal skins. A perfect relationship is when we don't have to hide. When we don't have to cover anything up. When we can just be ourselves. 
Now, hopefully you're following the symbolism here. We're not talking about starting a Baylor nudist colony. We're talking about relationships, real relationships. We're talking about the kind of friendship God calls each one of us into, a friendship where you don't have to hide anything, not your love handles, not your freckles, not your thighs, not your thoughts, not your failures, not your disabilities, not your insecurities, not your scars, not your memories, not your fears, not one single aspect of who you are must hide. A friendship where you have the freedom to take off the fig leaves, where you can discard the animal skins and you are loved, welcomed, embraced, treasured. Now, we all know that in human relationship, forced intimacy is actually not intimacy at all, but abuse. God also never forces. God simply asks, arise, come away. And then God waits. And God is waiting now for you.
stand this morning as we continue to sing a bit together, a song that I think will ring familiar in your ear, exalting the name of the Lord this morning. For thou, O Lord, art high above all the earth, thou art exalted far above all God. sing together for thou O Lord
we thank you for those uh, moments and those times when we can see you most clearly uh, when we're we're outside and we see the trees swaying uh, when we hear a child laughing as he comes by on his bike when we hear the blades of, of grass grow Lord we thank you for those moments and those times when sometimes it's just hard to see you hard to know where you're at because it's in those moments we know that you're calling us, bidding us, come away with me, my love. Arise, come away with me, my fair one, that we might come to a deeper understanding of you, a more intimate time with you. So Lord, thank you for bringing us to this place, this time in our lives, knowing that it's you that will lead us and see us through. And God's people said, Amen. You can be seated. This reading is from the seventh chapter of Mark. Now, when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with unclean hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe, washing the cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not follow the traditions of the elders, but eat with unclean hands? Jesus said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites. As it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human traditions. Listen to me, all of you, and, and understand there is nothing outside of a person that by going in can defile. But the things that come out are what defile. 
for it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come from within. And they defile a person. This is the gospel of our Lord. Amen. who walk blamelessly 
and do what is right and speak the truth from their heart who do not slander with their tongue and do no evil to their friends nor take up a reproach against their neighbors in whose eyes the wicked are despised but who honor those who fear the Lord who stand by their oath even to their hurt who do not lend money at interest and do not take a bride against the innocent those who do these things shall never be moved you know that we have declared something that is vital and really central to our faith and it's a bit of a paradox I don't know if you noticed as we read these texts that the church invites us to read this week of the year it's a paradox one of those situations where this is true and this is true and they seem to be at least in our heads in contradiction with one another but they're both true these scripture readings laid out maybe what is the paradox of our faith one spoke of God's imminence the other God's transcendence one is this text that pictures God as so near to us invites us to this intimacy with God the other text reminded us that God is beyond us and holy and beyond even our naming and our knowing one text simply says be who you are come completely naked Forgive, accept your warts. The other challenges us because they're so very much inside that calls us to humility because we're very, very far from where we need to be. Solomon has this love poem that says, this is the way God is. God is passionately pursuing you, wanting intimacy with you. And Moses' mountain, this hill, who can even touch it, the psalmist said. Who can... Who could even begin to dwell there? God is so far beyond where we are. This is the paradox presented to us in our faith. God is imminent. Augustine says God is closer to you than you are to yourself. And yet we know from the Bible that God is transcendent, completely and utterly holy. 
we're proclaiming as Christians that in Christ we see all of this, this baby in a manger, this vulnerable baby who's also vulnerable then on a cross someday, completely exposed. And yet at the end of it all, Christ is the one exalted, lifted high beyond us. It's the revelation of our faith. It's the experience the church has had with this mysterious God. And let me just say this as we go. It is the experience you'll have and maybe even know today. Some days God is going to seem so very near. Part of your, your heartbeat even. Other days there'll be distance. And somehow our faith says these are both blessed truths to hold together. I invite you to do that even this day. Let's stand for our benediction. As we pray together, God, hear our prayer now. Grant us wisdom, God. Grant us maturity. Grant us peace this day to be wide awake to this, your great mystery. Amen. Have a great day, you guys.